Bryan ISD and the Board of Trustees have already shown that affordable housing is an important thing for you. But in your view, how does a stable and affordable home, how does that impact the students that ultimately y'all are overseeing and the, and the teachers and that kind of thing? Oh, it's huge. It's, so, it's such a big piece of that. So families need to have stability in order to thrive. Mm -hmm. And so when families are having to move often, um, it's challenging for them. It creates right. disruptions to all the things. I mean, as a single mom myself, I know how difficult it is when one thing changes in our schedule, right? right? Um, when my son was young. So I can only imagine the challenges facing families when they have to move often right. um, for different reasons, right? Mm -hmm. So the ability to have affordable housing that's stable, mm -hmm. um, where families can continue to thrive is really, um, it, it breeds dividends in terms of the school district itself. Howdy, you're listening to the Think Brazos podcast. We host conversations with locals, politicians, and policy experts to help families thrive in Brazos County, Texas. So when you're thinking about how to make your community better, just remember, think local, think Brazos. This is the Think Brazos podcast, and today we're talking to another candidate for the Bryan ISD um, Board of Trustees. Um, coming up here in November, there's an election, and this is Julie Harlan. She is a candidate for the Place 2 um, ISD, Bryan ISD uh, election in November. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. So first of all, I wanted to do another thank you. Uh, thank you to you, the Board of Pres Trustees, and uh, all of BISD, the students, the teachers, for your support of Habitat for Humanity that funds this podcast. Um, I think it's a great thing that you all have done. For those that don't know, um, BISD actually did uh, a full sponsorship for a Habitat for Humanity home. Um, it was, I think the wall raising was early this year, late last year for the Quintero Mendez family. So I know they greatly appreciate it. We all do. So so thank you very much um, for y'all's support on that. Well, we are thrilled for that partnership. I think it works right along with the Essential Eight that we okay. released um, under Dr. Whitbeck's leadership. So that was a homegrown sort of character development program that came from our teachers through our students. And so they decided on what those eight characteristics mm -hmm. would be, one of which is philanthropy. Oh, and okay. so it's a wonderful opportunity for our students and our staff to sort of live out yeah. that character trait. Okay, and so it was fabulous to just see how well all of our campus communities got behind that project, mm -hmm. to know that their efforts are impacting a real family here in Bryan that, um, whose students attend our schools was really amazing. That's great. That is awesome. But yeah, thank you for that. Um, wanted to give you an opportunity to say a little bit to our listeners, watchers, uh, about who you are, uh, your background, um, anything like that. 
Sure. Well, um, I when I think about who I am, I'm first of all a mom. So I have a son who uh, came through Brian ISD uh, K through 12. So it's been the joy of my life to watch him grow up. Um, and he's now at Texas A&M uh, doing well, so thriving, thanks to our wonderful teachers and staff in the district. I mean, I didn't do that academically. Uh, they helped him right. do that. So I'm uh, so thankful for that. Um, I'm also a professor. So I started my career as a high school teacher. I was an ag teacher, um, came to A&M for my bachelor's and master's and uh, then taught for several years before getting my PhD okay. in ag education at Oklahoma State University. So when I finished that, I wanted to come back to A&M eventually. Um, I did not anticipate that would be my first stopping point. But as it worked out, I returned here in a visiting assistant professor position, which is a temporary kind of position. And I was tasked with leading our teacher ed program in the same department I graduated from. Okay. So um, have been there ever since. So, um, yeah, eventually my temporary position changed to a tenure track full time position um, and uh, have stayed there. Three years ago, I transitioned into a new role where I work in the graduate and professional school at Texas A&M as an associate dean, but I'm charged with very similar kinds of things as I was doing before, but now I get to focus on the entire campus community, providing wow. professional development to our graduate and professional students, not just here in Bryan College Station, but also at our branch campuses like Galveston and Cutter, uh, Dentistry in uh, Dallas, Law wow. School in Fort all Worth. Yeah, so we do a lot of virtual kinds of things mm -hmm. to make sure that all of our needs are met. Um, but that's my professional career. Okay. Um, from a uh, personal standpoint, I love animals. I always have. At one point early in my education, I thought I might be a vet until I took organic chemistry. Um, you didn't like it. <laughs> oh, I, you know, there, I could have probably done it, but it's how do I want to spend my time? Do I want to spend it struggling or thriving? Right. And I'm much better. Uh, you know, God has a plan, and mm -hmm. my plan was to be in education and to be right. a teacher. So I used agriculture as a vehicle to really inspire kids as a teacher, okay. which I loved. Um, but uh, I have horses. I live out in the country. Country on 13 acres and uh, just really enjoy that kind of lifestyle and am, you know, just so thankful and blessed that I get to uh, enjoy that kind of activity. Sure. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Okay. So. And now, you know, I guess I'm asking you this from the perspective of when you first ran for the BISD Board of Trustees, um, but why are you running something that i ask every candidate that we talk absolutely to. so i was actually appointed the first go around okay. so um there was a vacancy on the board for place two okay. and so the district did a call to see if people were interested um i live in place two and it was a bucket list item quite honestly i grew up in a really small town in south texas um, i knew many of our school board members and i always thought you know it's 
some point this might be really cool to do because you really okay. guide um, the overall direction of the school district. Um, so I was appointed that first year through an interview and selection process. Okay. And so spent a year in that role doing all the training. There's a lot of training to be a school board member. I did I thought, not know that. Yes, okay. I thought I knew a lot about school districts, which I did. I mean, I've traveled to hundreds of schools across right. the state of Texas, um, supervising student teachers. And, you know, I've taught a lot of courses on education, both undergrad and graduate. I thought I knew a lot. Um, I didn't know much about governance mm. and school governance. So okay. there was a steep learning curve, even for me, given, given my background. But after I served that year, um, we had hired Dr. Whitbeck. So that yeah. was the very first out of the box activity was to hire a new superintendent. Yeah. Um, so one of her questions to us in the interview was whether she'd have a stable board. And by that are all the board members that are hiring her because we have one employee mm -hmm. as, a, as a board, the superintendent, mm -hmm. were we planning to, to seek reelection? Oh. And so at that point, I mean, I never thought um, that it, at that point in my career in life that I would be running a campaign, um, but I felt a very strong responsibility and commitment to the district and to Dr. Whitbeck individually to make sure that we had a stable board that was moving in the direction that, that we wanted to go. Yeah. So I sought reelection for that first term, ran opposed. Um, three years later, ran opposed again. And so here we are now, um, three years after that. So this will be my third election campaign. Okay. Um, and I've run opposed every time. So, um, you know, it's not the fun thing that I would seek to do, but mm -hmm. um, I feel a responsibility right. to our school district to okay. ensure that we stay the course. I mean, from my perspective, uh, things are never perfect, mm. but they are going very well given our leadership with Dr. Or with Ms. Ginger Carabine. She's a wonderful superintendent, and I feel like um, I have a responsibility to continue in the role if our voters choose me for that. Mm. Um, so that's why I'm running is because I feel a responsibility. Okay. Um, and I desperately want to see this district succeed. Mm -hmm. I know the impact we have on not just our students, but our entire community. Right, right. I'm curious, how competitive do ISD board races get? You know, looking from the outside, would think, um, you know, that, that uh, no offense, but you know, that it, it's, it's a school board and so, uh, you wouldn't think that much about politics, but is it competitive uh, when you're when you're opposed? Is it like any other election, pretty much? I'd say um, my observation of politics is that races depend on um, how competitive it is depends upon how uh, what's driving the influencers, okay. right? So um, I'll say that in my past elections. Um, my opponents have been people who've just been interested and curious mm -hmm. about running. Right. Um, so I feel like perhaps this uh, election is a bit different because 
Um, I have candidates who have been in other races before right. who are now seeking this spot and who likely come with some uh, backing mm -hmm. from uh, PACs and those kind of things. So really? that's a new and different. Uh -huh. I haven't had that okay. in the past. So I'm having to approach this race perhaps a little different a little than I have in the past too. Interesting. I had no idea that PACs could be at the local level like that. It's oh, interesting. Yes. Oh, wow. yes. <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit about uh, if you have any more ideas for Brian ISD in the future. I know you already said that a big thing about it is that consistency and uh, you feel a responsibility sure. to keep going along with the existing policies. But do you have any other ideas or do does the board as a whole have some things they're wanting to look at in the next sure. three years? Or? Well, the role of a board member, so we're elected as trustees, okay. which is different than, um, we'll use city council as an yeah. example. So okay. um, in many races, um, folks are elected as a representative of. Mm -hmm. So their job is to seek uh, input from constituents right. and bring that back to the whole group. Mm -hmm. For school boards, we're elected as trustees. Okay. And I need to mention, it's a volunteer position. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we spend our own money to do these kinds wow. of things, right? Mm -hmm. um, but our role is to keep the interest of the bet of the school district at the forefront of every decision we make. Okay. And that motto, children first always, is really what we live Got in Bryan ISD. So at the end of the day, for every decision we make, mm -hmm. what I ask myself is how will this impact children? Mm -hmm. How will it impact families? There's always financial issues at stake, but the real driver really needs to be impact on children and families. Mm -hmm. um, so as a trustee, that's that's the perspective. Okay. You know, It's not to go out and ask everyone, what do you think, mm -hmm. uh, and then bring that perspective perspective back. When people elect me, mm -hmm. they are trusting me to make decisions in the best interest. Yeah. So um, when I think about where are we headed, um, I think uh, we have certainly done a lot to elevate the district in terms of academic attainment, graduation right. rates, um, persistence with career and college readiness, mm -hmm. those kinds of things, our indicators are moving in the right direction. So yeah. our role is oversight of board goals. So every year we set the board goals, we have five of them. Um, the first of those is always academic achievement kinds okay. of things, but we also know that there's things that influence academic achievement, like a workforce and having right. qualified teachers who feel valued, those mm -hmm. kinds of things. So so um, I see the next, what's ahead for the district being um, greater attainment of career choices. So okay. we have the CTEC Center, which as a high school ag teacher, I, you know, I, I love career and technical education. Right. I know that um, college, we want college to be an option for every child, but mm -hmm. we also know that there's other ways to be successful in life too. Right. So we want every child prepared in the ways that best meet their needs. Um, so our CTEC Center is a wonderful addition to help do that. Right. Um, but there are other opportunities that, um, I'll give the example of one of our high schools, Mary Catherine Harris. It's more of an alternative high school. Mm -hmm. It's performing very well. 
in terms of helping our students graduate. Okay. But I see more opportunities for those students to also get um, career preparation. Mm. So looking at how can we partner with workforce uh, yeah. groups? How can we partner more with Blinn College in that setting? Um, how can we partner more with business and industry mm -hmm. to make sure that those students have what they need, not just a college diploma but or high school diploma, but also the certifications they may need mm -hmm. or the experience to earn higher wages, right? right? So um, it's all of that. Uh, we want to have productive citizens graduate right. as in addition to moving everyone forward so yeah. one of the conversations we we also have is about um, high educational mm -hmm. attainment so for those students who are in our IB program or advanced academics or right. um, you know, are we uh, getting more national merit finalists, right? That's mm -hmm. an indicator. Do yeah. we have more students passing AP exams? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of pieces that, there's always room to do better, right? right. Um, you can't sit back and say, oh, we're good. Right. right. So right. Um, I think it's looking at the things that are within our control to drive and push. And um, part of how we do that is through um, determining where we put resources, both personnel and funding and those mm -hmm. kinds of things. So it's always a moving target. Yeah. And that's the work of the board. OK. So in your view, um, clearly, Brian ISD and the Board of Trustees have already shown that affordable housing is an important thing for you. But in your view, how does a stable and affordable home, how does that impact the students that ultimately y'all are overseeing and the, and the teachers and that kind of thing? Oh, it's huge. It's so it's such a big piece of that. So families need to have stability in order to thrive. Mm -hmm. And so when families are having to move often, um, it's challenging for them. It creates disruptions to all the things. I mean, as a single mom myself, I know how difficult it is when one thing changes in our schedule, right? right? Um, when my son was young. So I can only imagine the challenges facing families when they have to move often right. um, for different reasons, right? Mm -hmm. So the ability to have affordable housing that's stable, mm -hmm. um, where families can continue to thrive is really, um, it, it breeds dividends in terms of the school district itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, kind of going off of that, um, un unfortunately, even with the work of Habitat for Humanity, we're only part of the solution, I feel, to um, this affordable housing dilemma in um, Bryan and College Station. Um, as things are going, you know, if we don't figure this out, it's very possible that we could one day our community could look like a little more like Austin. And that is where the low to moderate income average families uh, cannot afford to live in either city. Um, that really could happen if we don't, uh, in my opinion, if we don't turn this around. Um, how would that, in your mind, impact um, you know, BISD and the education of the children? Um, if you have any thoughts on that. Of course. Well, children bring who they are yeah. to school every day. Right. And the traumas that they experience um, at home translate to difficulty mm 
in a classroom. I mean, that's just the reality yeah. of it. I mean, Maslow's hierarchy of needs says that if our base needs are not met relative right. to safety right. and housing is safety, um, that it makes it very difficult uh, to move up the scale and learn math that day, yeah. right? So um, I think that it's a problem that is a responsibility of all of us mm -hmm. in our communities yeah. to try to help families um, and to determine what is the path